IWC, welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR the show. With me today to talk WWE and the Survivor Series Funk, I'm calling it. We got just in time. What's up, man? It's time. It's time. It's episode one time. That's right. What's up, guys? Happy to be back. Again. Again. Still have to get that shirt so bad. Still need to get that shirt. Oh, yeah. That was a, I like that one. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna have uh, – I'm going to tell you what I'm having in my glass real quick. I just picked it up. I just cracked the wax seal. It's the Terramana Añejo – what do they call it? Small batch tequila. Uh, pretty excited about it because uh, – Terramana is fantastic. I tried it at a wedding, and my God, so good. It's really good. Uh, matter of fact, most of the bars that carry it out here have a hard time getting it back in. They get it in stock like once. It sells really fast, and then they have a hard time getting it back. And I don't know why, but it sells yeah. out really fast over there. So you'd think they would just whatever it takes, you know? I mean, if it's that good, like, it's going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah. 
uh and i have like both of the other ones so this one small batch i'm excited to to try out i'm just gonna have it straight up as we do on the rocks fantastic so uh what do you got what do you what's in your glass we got good old green death itself right now like <laughs> i got two right now if i just pop one open and just double fist it like stone cold like i don't feel like freaking cleaning up stuff right now so <laughs> yeah <laughs> the amount of time to clean up is going to be a nightmare great oh my god oh it smells sweet dude it smells like greatness yep oh yeah hit you so hard it'll leave you with the people's eyebrow that's about a shot right yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about a shot. We'll go with that. Yeah, I'm just having a shot real quick. There you go. So, Justin, just in general, I don't got a ton of news that I feel like getting into, really. I'm just going to get into the shows and we're going to talk about it and have a good time. Let's do it. Like, I, Overall. I try to avoid the news as much as possible because I hate it with a passion. Yeah, there's very little that comes out anymore that seems like of a, of an interesting note. Like best case, all we're getting for a while is like attempts to spoil stuff and incorrect information about contracts and such. And like none of that stuff's the fun stuff in the news. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's cool to see what people think and, you know, what some of the guys are talking about when they leave companies and that stuff's like interesting or big moves and mergers is cool. But like right now, the wrestling media has been really dull and not excited yeah no, this isn't wwe chatter and it involves freaking soraya but literally there was a news article that popped up on my feed all of a sudden that somebody retweeted and it was like soraya confirms that she didn't have work on her face and i'm just like wow we really are having an off freaking like news day huh guys that we have to talk about freaking facial surgeries and stuff like that and i'm like what the fuck confirms that she did or did not she said she didn't, supposedly. And I'm just like, why are we talking yeah. about this? Why yeah, is this why. news? Yeah, this is the headline. I just find that interesting uh, on a really like simple note because she's expressed how she has had it in the past. And so, um, but I don't know. I don't know the details. I don't pay that close attention in general anyways to that stuff. And it's kind of like, hey, if it makes anything that makes someone feel better about themselves, I don't, not even against to begin with. So, hey, um, no complaints. But, yeah, uh, we got Bishop in the chat. He says you have to pour that much so you can drink it at many different temperatures. Cheers. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right. Well, dude, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Let's um, do it. Only episode one. Everybody relax. Right. Try to take a sip. Right. It's te- technical difficulties. I mean, even if it's not technical difficulties, take a drink. That was really good. Nice. I'm not a real big tequila drinker in general, but the Terramana one mixes really well with everything. This almost has like a three. caramel to I it. I got three of them. I only tried one of them. I don't know which one it was, but it was really good. So, yeah. This one you can actually have just straight. And I feel like I've never had that with any tequila before that I've been able to be like, just pour it over rocks is fine. But all of his are that way. I don't know. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm into it. Anyways, let's do it. Let's talk about it. I got a few things to hit on 
Let's start with SmackDown because SmackDown happened. What's this? Oh man, we got bots in the chat. Oh, fitness. Is there a way you can like boot them from here? Let me see. Put user in timeout, block user. Oh, there we go. Like we're just learning. Boom, gone. Blocked. I hope that blocks them from the actual channel too. Yeah. All right. We're all learning. Hey, episode one. Here we go. It's always episode one, but it's also a learning lesson every time. Ha, <laughs> it's a teachable moment. Andre oh. Chase taught us well. See? Oh, God. Well, you better enjoy your last time on the show, pal. <laughs> Andre Chase. <laughs> Chase you. All right, let's talk SmackDown. Dude, it did open up with Usos versus New Day. My God. Have you ever been in the mindset? Because I've seen a few people talk about it where it's like, we've seen this a thousand times. They've been feuding forever. This isn't new or fresh. And I understand the concept of that mentality. I've never felt that way while watching one of their matches. Like, I also understand that people might feel that way during a buildup, like regardless of how good the, the promos are, which I still find them to be captivating. I think that those everyone involved in new day and, and Usos I think are always fantastic on the mic. Uh, but by the time the bell rings and the match gets going, I don't understand anyone's mentality of being like seeing it. You know what I mean? Like I went into this match, the same mentality, but like I, I literally went, we've seen this so many times and I'm going into this with very little interest because like you don't really see anything new out of these two, out of these two teams, but my God, they just, the chemistry that the two of them, that the two teams have is nuts. They always put on these epic freaking tag matches. And it's just like, you could always go into it with as little enthusiasm as possible. But as soon as you see the match, you're just like, that's why they're two of the best teams today. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Every time people, who refuse to watch their matches and stuff. Just, I think it's one of those. Cause I've seen people say that too, where it's like, Oh, I refuse to watch them because I don't like their, those teams. And I think it's boring. And the things have been going on forever. I think when you refuse to watch it, it's because you know, they're going to hook you, dude. You just don't want to admit it. that They're that good. That they're going to get you. Cause they always do. No matter how high your expectations are, they're going to meet it. No matter how low your expectations are, they're going to just, stomping into the ground they are awesome mm-hmm. and this match was no different dude it was so fucking good god if i can quote my good friend high five tom it was a fuck of a match it was absolutely unbelievable like those two those, those two those four guys just they, it's like they just cannot have a bad match just cannot have a bad match with each other and they as much as like I think it's remarkable to, to me they come off as two of the most believable teams when it finally gets in and doing the doing the match just because of the styles, you know, the amount of super kicks the Usos are going to do, the kind of flying around that they're going to do. There's every reason for stuff to look overly choreographed or, or overly partnered up, but it never looks that way with these two teams. They always look like they're struggling to win. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. They always have those like close near falls all the time. And it's like, that could have been it. That could have been it. This could be it. Like it's, it, 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 there's never a dull moment between these four, like ever. Yeah, I agree. 
Bluebird's in the chat saying Riddle just killed the vibe for me. He wasn't involved at all in this one. This is SmackDown. No, he's thinking about the Monday, the last Monday, Monday. one. Yeah, that's true. That match was kind of what it was, but still, <laughs> I mean, it was solid, but this was this was better. <laughs> fantastic. Straight up. Let's see. Let's see. I don't know if my notes here have all the stuff that happened in between matches, if I'm being honest. Well, some of it. But we're going to be able to hit the hotspots anyways. Uh, dude, the six-pack challenge with the women. Oh, we're, we're on the whole. Let's circle back. With that win, the Usos are now the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. Well they deserved. now hold that record. Well-deserved. Like, I have no issues. I'm kind of falling off the bloodline stuff, like, big time, because it just feels like there's really nothing going on with it right now. But can't say they don't deserve it, because holy shit. They are incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And I remember even thinking getting into this match that it was either going to be kind of the passing of the torch or of... I don't want to say like... It wouldn't have shocked me if the New Day won and then lost at Survivor Series. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have shocked me if they won here to stop the record from happening put the titles back up for a rematch at Survivor Series and then lost that match and the Usos got their titles back. I wouldn't have been shocked if they wanted to maintain that record for the New Day. But it's really cool to kind of watch a match that good that's realistically kind of a passing of the torch. And when you think about the promo that they cut on the way in, the New Day, the New Day saying that 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 record meant a lot to them because of what it represented and the time it represented and especially with Big E and I mean, realistically, from all things that we've heard of and the, the little that we know, we're not doctors, but they're, the possibility he may never wrestle again is still looming out there. It's still possible. Like, we don't know with certainty that he's coming back. So yeah. it wouldn't have shocked me if they wanted to sentimentally have them hold on to that, that thing. But there's also, I think, a lot of meaning in the – not that they're in control of any of it. Let's not, let's not pretend yeah. like we don't have any clue. But – there is like a cool feeling about that sort of like passing of the torch. Like, yeah, that was our time. That was our moment. That was that group. And that even that time, that group, that everything, all the sentimentality that goes around along with it is still like number two to what you guys are doing right now. And that was kind of cool. You know, I mean, when the match ended just by the way, they just kind of like were recovering, but just kind of gave them that look and gave them that point. And it was just like, you see how much respect the four of them have for each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, it was awesome. Uh, so we did have a six pack challenge to find a number one contender for Ronda Rousey, which I believe is for Survivor Series, correct? Yes, it is. We had Lib Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Shotzi, Sonia, Lacey Evans, and Zia Lee. And ultimately, Shotzi won. There was some really weird stuff in this match. Yeah, he just took the words right out of my mouth. Such a strange match. Six people matches is already tough. Triple threats are tough because there's so many people involved and and with all the multi-person matches there's that no disqualification factor which kind of actually will complicate things right but 
I mean, I don't have a problem with Shotzi winning here because Shotzi's not going to win. Like, Ronda needs someone to go against, and that's a nice little highlighted spot for Shotzi. I think that realistically, that's her second title shot, right? Didn't she have one against Charlotte once? Um, I don't I believe right. so. I think she might have, though. I'm not 100% sure. I thought it was uh, on an early episode that she had come up to SmackDown that there was there was a singles match, and I think we all said, like, really weird to have her just go for the title and lose so right away and oh but, yeah you're right so i think for the for shotzi's you know kayfabe stats that's kind of cool a second title shot for the reality of what we're looking at is someone for ronda to steamroll on their way to the next big match probably if i were to guess probably for a ronda return so or not ronda return a charlotte return so ronda and charlotte could probably face off at rumble I think the Just good news, if that happens, is that means neither of them are in the Rumble. That's a plus in the end anyway. Yeah, I don't need either one Unless of them winning. Unless Brock Lesnar and competes later on and then wins the damn thing again. Yeah. Like, should be awful. And Blue Boy's in the chat saying, should have been Zia Lee. She's a badass. They aren't using well, which they aren't. But I don't know if I'd want Zia Lee to win this just to go lose to Ronda. Like, I think Shotzi's a big enough character right now and the fans still love her that a loss to Ronda here isn't going to like damage that it might actually help that might make her a bigger fan favorite realistically or I think yeah. Zia Lee, they're just it's hard to say they dropped the ball when they never picked it up to begin with <laughs> yeah, they really need to they really need to rebuild her somehow because yeah, she needs it right now because she is literally jobber fodder for everybody and that really sucks for her because you know how do you go from this Tion Shaw stuff that was freaking awesome but then kind of slowly died a kind of lame death and it's just like well now we brought her up and we could do something good with her but we just kind of watered her down to nothing which really kind of sucks yeah yeah it's I mean and she's a badass and she's a martial artist uh I do think because producer lady had mentioned it the idea of a Zia Lee versus Ronda match because of their fighting background could be really good be but we awesome, do need to actually. time it out right you know and i think if yeah. it's timed out right if they spent the next month building zaya lee to look like a threat and actually earn herself a shot against against ronda and ronda and her had like 20 minutes to do it and ronda made zaya lee look like kind of a scary threat where ronda's like oh my god i can't believe i got out of that one that could be huge and that could really set zaya on uh, on a really good path which I'd like, but it's hard to say. And the other thing that's weird about it is I know Zaylee is a Triple H uh, wrestler. He brought her over to NXT because he saw her doing martial arts and convinced her that this would be a good thing. And so for her to still not being used very well here is a little strange, but I think it's going to build into the conversation we're going to have when we get to Raw about the strangeness of a lot of what we're seeing right now, I feel like is all anchored into one concept. Um, but... Shotzi won. A lot of weird, sloppy stuff happened in this match. I would say there was at least a half a dozen times where you're watching and you're like, what are they trying to do? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even from a kayfabe sense, what are you trying to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. The spot that led up to the finish, like, Liv not using, like, barely connecting on the table and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what was the point of the table then? Didn't even in come the into play. Of time. The amount of time it took to set that up, 
the amount of time that they kept the camera on them as they all kind of laid out during a non-hit only mm-hmm. to go back to the ring and show the last two seconds of the finish was yeah. kind of like everyone was lying around for a long time i was like was there did something happen that they said hey fuck it take it home this is a mess <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like they could have it, it just came off so sloppy very sloppy yeah Yeah, that's why I kind of wish like if they're gonna bring more women back, they need to send them over to SmackDown because they really need some more women over there. I don't even think that they have a bad roster of women, but they're just not being used well. You know what I mean? Because I mean, Lacey Evans took the fall there, and that's cool. But Lacey Evans has—they've rebuilt her a couple of times. She's not bad. You know what I mean? But if you leaned into her character and what it could be, she could be something to see. I mean, you got Shayna over there. Yeah. You got Nat. Well, Natty's injured. I mean, you've got a bunch of good talent, but they're just not booked in a way where anything seems uh, meaningful. You know what I mean? Or seems like someone you should be getting to, you know? Especially when your target is Ronda Rousey. Like, that's not a good sight for a lot of the women when they're like, bottom tier and they're like aim looking to aim up and then you throw them in there with ronda and it's just like of course i'm not gonna believe that they're gonna beat ronda like they're already been booked like pretty shitty so why the hell would i believe they're gonna win anyway yeah no i agree i mean so i don't know that they need somebody on smackdown so much as they need to be taking their smackdown people a little more seriously which is a whole other thing what do you think of Santos versus Shinsuke for the World Cup Fox? And what do you think about this World Cup um, or for World Cup on Fox? What do you think about this whole World Cup thing anyways? It's all to get a number one contender spot for the Intercontinental Champion, correct? Yes. They also get a trophy, which is just like, it just feels like they're redoing the trophy that Shane McMahon won. And I mean, it's cool that they're getting, at least there's a, some kind of stipulation that they're getting a title match in the end, but it's like, I don't know. It's just kind of, I don't really get the purpose of it yet, other than that. But I enjoyed this match. It was actually really good, and I think these two could be a hell of a freaking mid-card title feud down the line if it ever happened. be awesome. That's true. That is true. I don't think I care about this World Cup thing either, to be honest. I'd rather it was just a tournament. But, I mean, are they doing the World Cup thing because soccer's on Fox this year? Yes, they literally said, talked about the soccer game. And I'm just like, so they only did it because of soccer. It's weird. Yeah, very. Yeah. All right. Well, but yeah, it was a good match. Uh, all right. LA Knight's in the back. He's cutting his promo. Interrupted yeah. by graphics, the whole shebang. And then Bray Wyatt comes over and kind of says like, Hey, I understand what you're going through X, Y, and Z. But, uh, I mean, LA Knight doesn't take to it. Bray Wyatt headbutts him. And now we're going to get LA Knight versus Bray Wyatt. And, I don't know that that's what I want from LA Knight in this moment. I think I'd rather, no, you know, that's not a that's not a good look, really. 
Like they're kind of building LA Knight a little bit while still and still building Bray, but it's like, can we not have LA Knight be the first fucking person? Like I know, like out of everyone, the first one he wants to go for is is LA Knight. And I actually think that I mean, I guess we don't know enough about this LA Knight character to really boil down if he would make a good team member to a Wyatt style faction or not. I don't think he would be terrible but i also and i think that all the both of them know how to do everything that you should know how to do mm-hmm. those two can cut a freaking promo very damn well like yeah. holy shit yeah i don't know man i don't want to see him yeah i don't want him to be the first one please no like you could find anybody else that's not la night yeah, I don't. It's yeah, I don't know, man. It's I'm excited weird. to like, see them work together, but you're right. It's the timing more than anything. Yeah, WWE's just doing a lot of weird things. Like, as much as it's like we're still kind of like amped that Triple H is there, like he's doing some very strange, strange things. Like as of late, like very confused on a lot of it. Who should it have been? That's so tough, especially for SmackDown's roster. That's so tough. And it's troublesome enough for me already because LA Knight's felt a little aimless in his rebuild. He was really fine with him putting the roster on notice and taking out the male models. But then at this point, he is a little directionless. So I guess you could feed him to Bray, but to what end? And... Do you think they go back to the Bray mentality of the Fiend where ultimately everyone who interacted with the Fiend was changed after that? Do you think that part of this is to help the LA Knight character grow into a different direction as well? Like, Not that he should be darker or emo or anything like that, but... Hmm. See, I don't think LA Knight needs anything to do with Bray Wyatt to change himself up. I just don't see him needing like Bray Wyatt to do that. He seems like a guy who's got a lot of really good stuff in his mind that he could do it himself. Like him being the first target for Bray really doesn't do much for LA Knight. Like kind of, just puts a halter on it when you're kind of trying to make him feel like something, but it's just like, he's just, now you're going to feed him to Bray and just kind of just completely stop all that. Like just let it, if he's going to refresh himself at any point for anything, he could do it himself. He doesn't need anybody else to do it. That's what I was thinking. That's why this kind of bothered me a lot where it's like part of me is like, this is amazing. Two of my favorites, they're going to have a match. They might even have a longer program. This is great. But when you look at the character of Ray, there's not a ton of room there for the LA Knight. You know what I mean? And I think LA Knight needs a lot of room. LA Knight should be running through kind of whoever they have as jobbers to really solidify himself as a beast and earning himself up towards like the mid card. I don't know why. I mean, I'm not saying that he can't go straight to the top because in my mind, I think that LA Knight's a main eventer, but the investment from the fans aren't there yet. Let's not fool ourselves. So, yeah, not yet. 
why feed him to Bray? I mean, I guess you can argue Finn Balor was fed to Bray right away, and that seemed like a crazy thing, but I don't know. That was man. kind of I, Finn's kind of like stagnant stage. So, yes. He was somebody who actually needed, though, almost that interaction with Bray to refresh him. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm like looking forward to it, but I'm not at the same time. Uh, let's see. The World Cup continued with Jinder Mahal against Bray, Braun Strowman. I really like seeing Jinder back. And then as soon as Braun came out, I went, oh, man, like, does nobody like Jinder but me? Like, what's going on here? I mean, I'm not crazy for Jinder. I don't know. He's just like, every time I see him, I just get terrible PTSD flashbacks of his WWE title run. And I go, oh, God stop it like no no and i just keep sitting there thinking about it and i'm like it still came off so awkward still thinking that he won the wwe title just to try to draw wwe into india and it was just very strange to me like it'll always come off weird and awkward and just not that good man yeah, I guess. Let's see. Bishop's in the chat. At least Evans had one of the best May Young showings. Hasn't clicked since. Yeah, yeah. and they, they, every now and again, they show that like uh, promo class you did with Dusty, and you go, wow, this is amazing. She could be so much. And like the idea that even that she could be a female Sergeant Slaughter seemed like a very realistic thing in today's day and age. Like she could have done it great, but fuck. Gramper says he's going to join Bray, and he also says, hi, because that's how Grimmie talks. Uh, yeah, Braun Strowman. I'm not. I'm still not. I'm kind of not too happy, especially with his late, recent like freaking spouts on social media. There, like, completely not needed when he said that stuff. What do you mean on Twitter? Yeah, he talked about after the match with Omos how he was like, "Look what we look what me and Omos did. Like, we didn't have to do that flippy dippy stuff." And I'm like, "Can you just stop?" why like it's what was even that what was even the reason to do that like when people literally came out at him and were like all you had to do was literally say we represented super heavyweight wrestling that's what will osprey said all you had to do was say we did a really great job representing super heavyweight wrestling and leave it at that and i'm like thank you but you gotta shit all over the freaking flippy guys because ha 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 it's fun to shit on the flippy guys like i think there's actually a reverse mentality here i think that braun has had an entire career where everyone undermines everything he does and says he's not a flippy guy he's got two moves he only does power moves it's all bullshit i think he's constantly undermined and trashed all the time so when he does something he's incredibly proud of and it goes over really well immaturity takes the better the better was it the better the better part of him in this one and he says fuck all you guys who ever said any of that stuff but he doesn't know how to say that that same way and you know what i mean i wouldn't be shocked if a whole the whole period of time he was on the indies that a his his minimum payment was very very high and i wouldn't be shocked if a lot of what he heard back was why would i pay you that much when i can get 
these two flippy guys to for half of that and if he took that real personal because in his mind he goes look big guys do bring a lot to the table and the iwc is constantly undermining the big guys and the power guys in lieu of the flippy guys and i think that he takes it real personal I mean, I i'm not saying that both sides aren't don't have a point but i mean i think braun Strowman is probably like one of the best big guys you're going to see nowadays like guys freaking awesome yeah but it's like he doesn't need to be that guy and just immediately start shitting on people because like if it's because of he him being in control of your narrative that was his choice okay he didn't have to do that shit so i i just don't i didn't get why he needed to say that if he wanted to just come out there and say hey we represented super heavyweight wrestling to its freaking fullest in this match like so be it all you do is leave it at that i didn't need this whole shitting on the flippy guys like again I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't need the acrobats and all this other stuff. Like, it's part of wrestling at this point. The, yeah, the I think, I think wrestling needs there. all of it, right? But a good wrestling show should have all of it. it, should have a lot of stuff, you know? Yes. But I do think that both sides, I think, took a lot to heart and took a lot too personal. I do think that. And I do think that the discretion is the better part of valor. And I don't know that anyone's ever said, uh, used the term valor to describe Ron Strowman, so. <laughs> you know, like, I saw the whole thing and I saw everyone reacting and I was like, I feel like everyone's being overly sensitive here. I feel like he just is having, has a hard time expressing himself and I feel like he took a lot personal and he wanted to celebrate what he did and hurt a lot of feelings on the way there and he probably had his feelings hurt a lot in his road back. So I'm just kind of like, all right, well, I think we're all even now. I think we can now, all just move on. I think this World Cup thing is going to end up going to Strowman. Like... So we can I get just, to Roman, I, who's Roman or Braun versus uh, uh, Gunther? Possibly. Big old Haas fight? Why not at this point? That'd be pretty cool. And then, the only time we interacted was the Survivor Series tag match. Like, come on. That's true. And I think you give Gunther the win and make him really impressive. Like, he could chop Hell down yeah. a giant. I mean, he's no freaking small guy in his own right. Like, That's what I mean. He could pick up. If he could pick up Braun Strowman in a power bomb, I'd be fucking mind blown. Dude. Imagine putting over the strength of Gunther by having a power bomb Braun Strowman for the win. Freaking batshit crazy. Yeah, that would be good. And Gunther also doesn't do that flippy dippy shit, you idiot. Yeah, the flippy dippy <laughs> shit. Yo, I need those guys that's going to get these hands. Like, Yeah, dude. He's going to thumb him. <laughs> we had Zelina and B-Fab get ready for a match. And it was interrupted by the Viking Raiders with Sarah Logan as they beat the shit out of everybody. And Zelina Vega did the most New York thing I'd ever seen where she saw a crazy woman covered in animal fur and barefoot and Zelina... Uh, took off hell running. Out hell out of Dodge. Dip. <laughs> dip out. We dipping. <laughs> yeah, that was the most New York thing i ever seen. Because anytime I've seen somebody acting aggressive and they're barefoot in the streets, you get the hell out of Dodge, man. You dip. Yeah. So. It was awesome, uh, though. I, I love the Viking Raiders. I love it. 
And I get why, again, I saw the whole thing, the Twitter exchange of people that were talking about how she looks like Maxi Impaler and all that stuff like that. And I was like, okay. And I, cause it's crazy. Cause I immediately said that when I saw her yeah. on SmackDown, I go, she looks like Maxi Impaler. I'm like, this is interesting and all, but I was just like, and then I started seeing people just you know, I'm like, oh, well, she's got to change her look now. And I'm just like, oh God, I'm like, fuck. Well, if she could do it, she can do it at this point. Like, I just want to see it. I love this this Viking Raider stuff right now. And I'm happy she's back and with them. Yes. Do you think – so here's my only problem with it because I am I agree with you. Viking Raiders are badass. They should be dominant. They should constantly be picking up a motherfucker to throw them at another motherfucker. That was how they were originally described to me by Clump. These guys are <laughs> so tough. They pick up a motherfucker and throw them at another motherfucker. And I goes, oh, shit. Let me see that. But – Describe that, Clump. My problem with this is that they came out and decimated LDF. LDF has not had any time to establish themselves as any kind of a threat either. They've yeah. been in this one little feud with Hit Row, and then the Viking Raiders come back and just beat the shit out of all of them. And you go, well, fuck, maybe LDF's not that good. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean as much, because this is the same problem we've had with a lot of AEW stuff. It doesn't mean as much if you come in and decimate somebody who has not had a strong showing for a while. The reason breaking a streak is important and the reason that who's going to beat uh, Roman is so important is because you've established over time that these people are threats. So when you just have someone win a couple and look strong and then they immediately get their ass handed them by somebody, you don't go, oh, that that new person must be so strong. You go, no, maybe that first person had a couple lucky flukes. You know what I mean? Just like there's mm. – they haven't built LDF enough, and they've already built Viking Raiders in the past as being a threat, so at least give LDF time to be viewed as somebody who can take down a threat, you know? Like, you just see it, and you go, oh, shit, they're going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> you yeah, know? Hit, hit Rose is not even, and he's pretty much in the same freaking boat there. Like, yeah, they haven't really done much since coming back. And in defense, Grim Reaper says the same thing, too, about the Viking Raiders. He goes, they've stopped and started so many times. They really want them to have a strong run this time. They deserve it. And I agree with that, too. That's what I'm saying. Is like you have, you're having to have this stacked tag team roster, but you're not taking the time to build any of the tag teams to be massive, credible threats except for the Usos. So now you just have a bunch of, like, Tweedledees and Tweedledums bumping into each other in the playground, and we're supposed to think one of them's going to take down the Usos eventually? Like, the... Bring in some jobbers and just have all these teams be beating up jobbers until they have to go up against each other. And you go, well, they've just gotten, they're on a 30, the 30 match win streak. This one's on a 29 match win streak. Oh mm -hmm. shit. Now they're going to collide at this point. It's like, they've had two matches. They won one and lost one. So must be good. And you go, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So I just feel like there's Plus a lot of miss. There's a lot of misses here just because like we could, it's almost like they're booking for what, should have been booked in the past and not for what's actually been on TV. You know what I mean? That's pretty fitting. Like that sounds about right. Like even with the LDF thing, like I'm not even like, I'm as much as I liked the Escobar and Nakamura match earlier. Like, again, they fell into that trope of just why does Santos need them to keep helping him all the time? Like, it's just yeah. like way too over excessive here again. Yeah. yeah. But again, three teams that I like and three teams I'm excited to see do stuff. And at this point, 
it feels like bumper cars. It doesn't feel like yeah a battle of titans. It's really weird, and I want I want these teams to be doing stuff. I think that the addition of Sarah Sarah to Vikings. You have Legata with Zelina. You have Rhea and Judgment Day. I love that we are having many factions with a woman involved. We're not yeah, keeping be, all the stories B-Fab so separate. BFAB hit row. My apologies. Yeah. I should have said that one right away. That was obviously what the match was. But you're no longer having the show split by here's where the men are, here's where the women are, and never shall they cross unless it's romantic, which they're doing with Emma and Madcap already. Yeah, that's... I don't get why they went there with that already. Hey, did we get the Emma versus Ayali match? Wasn't weren't no, we supposed to get that? No, that's next week. That's coming up this week, I should say. As but far last as I knew. week they cut the promo saying I'm going to see you next week. She didn't say I'll see you in three weeks. I don't know. They probably scrapped it already. They even continue the Emma thing. They literally just said she had her go. Where's Madcap Moss? And then. That was it. Little interaction with Zaya, and that was just done, over with. She gets her ass handed to her by Rhonda in a really weird and awkward match. It was not great. She has an awkward promo in the back where Zaya Lee comes out and out talks her, which is crazy. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. She shows up in the back and asks Shotzi where Madcap is. What the fuck are we watching with Emma? You know what I mean? Like this is the big return. Freaking just flatlined. It's crazy, dude. Like there's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Blue boards in the chat saying, trying to figure out what Emma is good at. And look in defense of Emma. I don't know that we're getting the opportunity to see what she's good at when we put her in these situations. You know what I mean? That's the bad thing. Cause she kind of went through that whole thing the first time. Yes. We didn't get to see what she was capable of, and then they let her go. And then it made you think, like, hey, maybe maybe we did see everything she was capable of, and they actually hid what was even worse, and maybe she's really, really bad. And then she comes back, and they're showing all this stuff, and you go, maybe she is bad. I'm under the impression that she is likely good. She wouldn't be in the industry as long as she has, consistently working. But I'm yes. also a consumer of what you show me, and you're selling me that this person is not good and never has been, and you're not highlighting anything they're good at or protecting them to show, to show them looking stronger than maybe they even are. It's just crazy to me. Yes. Oh my God. Speaking of farts, <laughs> the end of the show had Roman coming out, talking his shit. Uh, Sammy uh, absent again. I'm not sure what for. They did say it was personal reasons on the show, and he was uh, tweeting things about Sammy for Syria and something that seemed kind of religious. So to me, it seems possible it actually is quite personal and nobody's business. Um, But uh, Bloodline, Brawling Brutes, they clash. Drew McInfart comes out, joins the fray. So now we're going to get the Bloodline against the Brawling Brutes and Drew Obviously, with the addition of Sammy, you already have five for the bloodline. Do you? I was gonna say that the the easiest shoe in to me to make it work, even though he's not from the UK, would have been Kevin Owens. 
He's always had an issue with Roman. His issues with Sammy are back and forth. KO is also the one he told Sammy he looked embarrassing by being in the bloodline. So you could have a whole promo where he's all like, is this embarrassing with an honorary U shirt? Loves to fight. Like, Imagine they made a KO shirt that said honorary douche. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's it. Kevin, you I, never hope you be an honor. I hope you hear that. <laughs> Freaking make it happen. Yeah, be amazing. But it, word out now is that uh, that he got hurt. Kevin Owens got hurt in a live show, and now he's out. And that sucked because to me, I felt like that we were. He'd even said something recently somewhere that he was close to coming back. That it was going to be really cool. And you think about the first War Games match on the big show, and you think about all the War Games matches in NXT, and the one time that team was going up against the Undisputed Era, and they needed a fifth member, and they weren't sure who to get. They patched in Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens was like, I just want to be in a war games, man. I loved I loved that whole freaking moment. That was awesome. It was all great. And we have that same Kevin Owens back now. The idea that there was a war games that he could have been in, I'm sure he was vying for it one way or the other. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that had to be his spot for the taking. But since he's injured and since it sounds like he probably won't be healed in time for the event, because it's like what, in a week? Uh who do you think they're gonna get now? In a perfect world, I would have said Cesaro. Yeah, that's so tough. Um, Kevin Owens was my, like, shoe-in immediately. And yeah. with Kevin out, I, I just can't figure out who they would get. The only person I would say maybe to just throw people off is, like, Rey Mysterio. But I don't really know because I know he's had the the past with, with Roman and stuff, so – kind of play off that a little bit but i don't really know like i can't really figure out a lock-in that would really make sense to team with seamus drew and the rest of the brawling brutes just yeah i can't think of anybody Except if you wanted to bring up some NXT UK guys, like you could bring in a Tyler Bate. He could have a cool showing. You could bring in Ilya Dragunov. That could be cool. But apart from trying to shoehorn someone from NXT UK, who really doesn't have much history with anybody in those groups, except for Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne having an in history. But yeah, I don't know. So I mean, you could push Matt Riddle. You could make that connection. Riddle and, and Pete Dunne were tag team champions in NXT. And Riddle's obviously always had an issue with Roman. It it makes sense, but like, I don't know. He's too busy. He seems like he's too busy playing around with Elias and all this stuff. So that's true too. It's so tough to figure that out. Like, I'm just I'm trying to think of the rosters and who could actually do it, but it's like I really don't have a, a, a like immediate like you can just lock this in right here and there's your pick. Like it's so tough to choose. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So the overall feeling of Raw. How did you feel about this Raw on whole? That's an entire <laughs> unit. To be honest, I don't know. It just felt like cruise control it just felt very phoned in just yeah i don't really have like much to really say about it like it was just like there that was it like it really feels like we're just 
we just locked it in gear and we're like, we're going to Survivor Series. And if whatever happens on the show happens at this point. That's what it felt like. And so I was thinking about it because I saw somebody else saying it didn't feel like it was hitting quite right. Uh, producer lady saw most of it before I got home because of the way that my schedule works. And she was like, something about it hasn't seemed to click. But when you also look at it on paper, Moose Fali versus Bobby Lashley, you had Seth Rollins talking shit to Bobby. You had Bobby talking shit. Uh, I mean, Tamina versus Mia Yim, Gable and Riddle, like Matt, like Chad Gable and Matt Riddle. Like that's something that you should feel like you would go, holy shit, right? And I'm not saying any of these matches were bad. I'm just saying looking on paper, Shelton Benjamin in a match against Dominic Mysterio. That sounds like it could be awesome. Dana Brooke having a moment out there with EO Sky. Theory and Ziggler. Are you kidding? You know what I mean? These are matches that we we've been that we would have begged for at a certain point and they're all just kind of here and then the main event seth rollins for finn balor and i'm finding myself during the main event even halfway paying attention because i'm like well seth's gonna win and i mean that was the main event of a summer slam not that long ago and it was the biggest build and it was a tournament build and it still felt like an important everything right i feel like what we're going through i want you to tell me if i'm wrong is i feel that as avid fans not even, I wouldn't say, I mean, although I would think the argument would apply for hardcore fans, but I would say even avid fans who just watch the shows all the time, maybe they don't catch every week, maybe they don't catch everything that's not WWE, maybe they just watch WWE, but they watch it most of the time, let's say two times a month minimum. I think we all know that the Build the Survivor series is always staticky. It's the end of the build right because right after survivor series what are we doing we're building to rumble what's rumble the 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 day one of the road to wrestlemania but really the road to wrestlemania starts in the build of the rumble because you want the guy in the rumble to get to the wrestlemania right so i feel like that survivor series is the most casual fan-based pay-per-view they put on every year typically the last number of years it's been really easy to say that because it's champion versus champion raw versus smackdown so easy to put that on in front of your friends and family as you guys hang out during this week of thanksgiving when everyone's in town and say hey i want to watch my wrestling and then they go oh what's the deal with this one oh he's the champion on one show and the other one's champion on another show so they're gonna they're gonna fight see who's the best champion if you can't describe the storyline in 30 seconds to get your friends hooked you know I mean, what's the point of Survivor Series? Yeah. So with this one, it feels like, hey, we got to get to Survivor Series. This feels like a push to get to Survivor Series. And I feel like that a lot of what we're seeing is phoned in because they just have to get to Survivor Series. I feel like all the plans they've been making are for after Survivor Series getting to Mania. I have a hunch that after Survivor Series, it's all going to pick up and we're going to have such an incredible build to Mania because I feel like the reason we're not seeing anything interesting here. It's because all their efforts are for after the fact. Look, it's just two weeks. Just get through these two weeks, get to the Survivor Series. We'll put on a good show there where people can watch it with their friends. But we're getting to Mania, you know? Yes. What do you think of Tamina versus Mia Yim? I don't know. It's just because the show was so feeling so lackluster. Like it was so hard to get into it. It felt like it didn't belong in here either. Yeah. My my main thing when I f- just after the whole show ended, the only thing it felt like to me was this Monday Night Raw is 85% main event 
15% Monday Night Raw. And it just came off so... That's all it felt like, because it felt like main event. Yeah. And that was it. It just kind of had person versus other person, like random people, and it was just like there. And that was it. What do you think about the where we're at now? With I know that you weren't a big fan of it, but you are a big fan of Gargano. Do you think that what they're doing now with Miz and Dexter and Johnny, do you think it's getting any better even? No. And, you know, you, you know me, I'm an avid Johnny Gargano fan, but this just, this this fell off quick. This fell off quick. Like, Johnny just trying, just resorting back to trying to be funny. And, you know, Miz, the Dexter stuff was doing it for me. And it was like, it didn't need Johnny. Yeah. It really didn't need Johnny. But then it's just like, they wrote Dexter off having him getting beat up by the Miz. And that was just it. Like, it just felt like everything got put on pause just so they could drag Gargano back into it because, Hey, remember they were in the way together and just, it just isn't working. I also think that, that I feel like we're seeing like a Roman Reigns style push for Johnny. We're going to pretend he's massively over regardless of what the fans reaction is live. Um, I don't like that Gano is in the ring and he decides he will make the stipulation that if Miz loses, Dexter gets a WWE contract. Yeah. Like who the fuck are you to make that decision? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he didn't even say, Hey, I was talking to Adam Pierce and he's not too keen on it, but I got him to agree if you will. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't even this whole thing. It was just all like, what do you say you do this? And Miz says, you're on. And I'm sitting there going like, who the fuck's in the back saying, who said you guys get to decide what contracts yeah. go out? Yeah, this is the reason why I wish we still had on-screen authority figures. Like, yeah. just comes off weird when somebody's standing there and goes, I talked to WWE management. Well, who the fuck did you go like and talk to? Did you fly all the way out to Stanford and talk to those guys? Did you talk to whoever the fuck was backstage? Like, did you call up Triple H and say, hey, do you want to make this match for me? Like, yeah, it's, dude, so much of this was kind of like weird. Tamina and Mia Yim could have been on main event. And I know the whole story was supposed to be people scouting her and watching her. But she also like came back and, kind of just did okay in one match and you're saying like she's like this sought after entity already like it's just weird you know what i mean like what i'm saying is they keep booking all these things right now like as though the past didn't happen the way that it did it happened the way they wished it had and you go yeah well in a perfect world mia yim would have never left and she would have established herself over the past year or two as a force and some extreme rules type and you go yeah but that's not what happened and she came back and had kind of a weird match with Tamina. And, was, and everyone's like, ooh, we need her on our team. I was like, I don't fucking get it. They're just doing a lot of they're doing a lot of cross pollination with feuds too. It's just weird. Like Yeah. But also when you look at it from the outside looking in, or just like like scoping it out, you had Mustafa Ali in a match. Tamina. You had Shelton Benjamin, uh Dana Brooke. 
Akira Tozawa, Dolph Ziggler. You had a lot of people who we don't see on TV very much in this show. You know what it almost felt like? It almost felt like that time that the plane got stuck in Saudi Arabia and they had to like bring a bunch of people up who you don't normally see, like from NXT, to put together a show. Mm-hmm. Half of the show was people we never see. So maybe that's yeah. why it was hard to get invested in it a bunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe because there just was no purpose that they had to be put on TV. They were just put on TV. like Yeah, it was super shoehorned. Although I think Shelton Benjamin's doing awesome. His promos he's been having are so good. My God, I, I don't know. It just feels like they're they're not really doing much. Like that's really kind of drawing me in. I love Shelton Benjamin. Guy is fantastic, but it's like he just keeps having these like mid tier matches, right? Like recently, and it just really sucks. Yeah, I also didn't understand why we had Dana Brooke versus Eos Guy. I never saw yeah. anything that would like lead me to believe they had some sort of animosity or there needed to be a match or what's that whole thing with damage control, how they're just beating up Dana Brooke because we're beating up Dana Brooke. But then they get their asses handed to them by everybody else. Yeah. It's just weird, man. Just so much. Of this was weird. Although let's talk about some stuff that went really fucking well. Austin theory. what do you think about his career saving promo? <laughs> So he gave reason and credence to the to the cash in the way that it was. To be because honest, realistically- with you, I, really wasn't, I, I wasn't feeling it. Just by him, like he just backed up the fact that it was kind of just really lackluster. Like I didn't, I just couldn't. I, I, as soon as he finished, the first thing I said was that just felt like it didn't even make it feel any better it just made him feel like he was stupid like he literally had the opportunity to beat seth anyway by not even not cashing in it was literally a like he literally it was an open challenge all he had to do was face seth he didn't have to waste money in the bank on it like it just didn't really make it feel any better to me. I feel like that it fixed a lot of the problems with it. Because one, it's like, why would he cash in on the U.S. title? Well, because Roman is so protected. And he had tried and failed a number of times. So what can I do? Well, maybe I can go off one of the most prolific champions this company's had in the past 10 years. The reason I would say that as dumb as the open challenge thing is, he didn't make the argument there necessarily. But you could easily make the argument that Seth didn't have to follow through with an open challenge he has to follow through with money in the bank you know what i mean if they had gotten seth up and said hey do you want to fight him it's the open challenge did you want you want me to ring the bell he just no no i just got my ass kicked why would i do an open challenge now which they didn't play that through but you could make the argument that that is a believable aspect as to why you might cash in because it forces seth to put it up it also Potentially, if your if your concept is that I'm going to take out the the this amazing champion, then yeah, maybe you cash in on him to get the title from him, so then he can come after you and you can double down and beat him again. If I do this, I get him it's twice. Like, well, it's like what they did with Lashley. It would have been it literally would have been the same thing like they did with Lashley. They had Lashley get beaten up just so Seth could come out, and he's like, I got beaten up. I don't need to fight you. And then Seth freaking like freaking uses like enough to force him to fight like that would have been the same thing 
Theory probably would have done the same thing. He would have came out there and go, it's an open challenge. You said you want to be a fighting champion. Get in here. And then Seth would have ran in there. Like, No, Seth could have easily been like, no. No, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Like the baby Lashley was had doing to... too, but Lashley freaking suckered up and went in there. Like, yeah, it actually would have yeah, made Lashley Seth look there. like a puss. Like, like, come on. It's just, it's just way too much rehashing, and it just came off again. That that Money in the Bank sour was such a sour way to end the show, to me. It just did not do it. The fact that he went through all that to cash in Money in the Bank on a mid-card championship because Roman's holding the WWE title hostage is just utterly ridiculous. The fact that he couldn't even cash it in on a mid-card title, just it, it just dumbfounds me. Like, really does. And it just comes off as, this is the problem here. Roman needs to drop that title. Like, I, Theory, to me, could have been WWE champion. If that title wasn't being locked in on Reigns, Theory could have won the WWE title, and it would have been well worth it. But just, I don't know. This just didn't feel like it did much to really make up for the fact that it was such a sour way to end a show. They are, like, clearly building Lashley to be, like, a Brock Lesnar type. They want him to be this unstoppable force, beast incarnate type. I mean, they're feeding him everyone. He's just dominating and decimating Mustafa Ali every week, which I find hysterical. He beat the shit out of Seth Rollins like crazy. He beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar so much so that after he loses the match, he then still doubles down and looks stronger than Brock. He lost the match on paper, but when you watch the match, you're like, dude, Brock is the man. He just beat the shit out of out of or Bobby's the man. He just beat the shit out of Brock. With theory he's got every reason to think he should be able to cash it in on like theory was another sacrifice to Bobby. They're really painting up Bobby to be what Brock was in 2005 ish and stuff. It sucks that he was fed that way, but he was, I think that this gave a legitimacy to the, to the thought behind the character on why he would think it would be fine. Also what we're seeing is he got screwed out of it because of Bobby that now we're seeing this angry Austin theory. He's not coming out with the cell phone anymore. He's not doing selfies. He's proving a point. He's tired of everyone saying that he's going to be the next and he's the now. Like it's, we got a whole new Austin theory out of all of this, which is really cool. Yeah. It's just the promo didn't really do it for me, but like I said, I'm going to give it, see what else comes in the next like few weeks because that just him going out there and pretty much just backing up the fact that, you know, the problem right now is Reigns holding that title like he is and not freaking having it on the show. Just, I don't know. It just came off really dumb. It just sounded awful listening to him go. The only thing I could do is challenge for the United States title. Cause even like when Seth was like, Something about the United States title feels different. And I'm like, yeah, because it's your only fucking championship. It's the only reason why it feels different. Like, Sounds like you had thoughts before listening to the promo and didn't really listen to it very, like, to intake what it was. That's what it really sounds like to me, if I'm being honest. You hated the angle so much that regardless of what he said, you were going to be unhappy with it. Because I think I if you've given him a shot, I think you would have seen a lot in this promo that was remarkable. 
I'll have to because, go back and listen to it because, like I said, because, just hearing him go out there and say that he couldn't do it on Roman when I'm just like, you could do it on Roman if he didn't always have somebody to protect him every time. Theory yeah, could have done it. And it's just like the fact that he had to resort to using it on a mid-card title that he literally could have just won in an open challenge just it it just it left such a sour taste in my mouth and it's like but again i want to see what they got in store and see if it'll kind of sway me back to it dude and that match you had with ziggler was awesome fucking awesome my god more dolph ziggler on tv please yeah he's so good it's crazy but yeah i think you're uh i think you're you're being really unfair to what theory did there because i don't think you ever gave it a fair shake i think if you went back and listened to it to see what he's what he's given you he gave you an entire character arc in one promo and completely changed his entire character up 180 to be able to make sense of it all and i think that it did enough for us to move forward and say okay well what's austin theory got now he's not the buried guy he was when he when the show went off the air last week He's I definitely a totally don't think different guy now. I, don't, I definitely don't think he's buried. I just think it's made him look fucking stupid sometimes. Like just to the most point. Sure, but also let's say you do something stupid. In general, you may try to defend it in a way, correct? Like you don't want to be stupid. So if you do something stupid, you're going to come back the next week and give a rationale to it, and maybe your attitude's different because you feel stupid. So maybe even from an underlying aspect, maybe we're getting an angrier, upset theory because he feels like he did something really stupid in kayfabe and he doesn't want it chalked up to him being a young kid he's got a chip on his shoulder now i'm a dumb young kid and now everyone else is right and i can't have that you know what i mean plus there's a lot more to it in in that promo itself about who he is and how he got there so i think it's worth another look yeah like i said i'll give it i'll give it some time see if it sways me in corbin versus tozawa I don't know who we were trying to build here. Why is Corbin having these long competitive matches with these yeah. tiny jobbers? Every match he's had since he's had JBL on there, the focus has shifted to JBL because Baron's in these matches against people that no one is hyper invested in and they're long competitive matches. Corbin doesn't look unstoppable. He looks easily stoppable. Yes. My brother Lily said the same thing. He goes... Why Why is Tazawa getting so much offense in? Yeah. And I didn't get it either. Like, I was just like, yeah, I'm not locked in on the Corbin thing because it just feels like happy Corbin still. And that to me just is my immediate turnoff because it really feels like nothing different. It still feels like happy Corbin. They just added JBL and said, this will take the attention off the fact that it's still the same character. Like... Right. But happy Corbin had competitive matches with these people. Lone Wolf did not. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to change up Corbin and give him a new presentation, part of the reason why it feels so much like happy Corbin is because he's having the same long matches with the same mid card jobbers. And if he came back and he was doing and saying the same things we're seeing him say and do, but the matches he had were short and powerful. You go, God damn, this is a vicious dude. Like this isn't too far away from the APA. You know what I mean? Like it would have, it would feel different in any way, but right now it's not. And Tazawa, yeah, I didn't know it was halfway through the match. Being, that's why I think it should have been him 
going back to Lone Wolf because it would have been, look at me, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to fucking wreck you instead of, oh, hey, you got a chance to beat me here. Like, I think he was Lone Wolf in there and just wrecked he doesn't need to be lone wolf to wrestle like lone wolf. Like if he had the same presentation, but was wrestling closer to what he was wrestling, like when he was the lone wolf, but with JBL in his corner, you go, there's a, there's like, this is, I think where the magic is. He's more intense. He's cooler. He's a badass. And then backstage, he's still more gregarious and he's doing the, the fun poker skits and smoking Cohiba cigars or not Cohibas. He had, um, yeah, I didn't get why Tazawa had so much offense though. Cohiba, the tal- talisman. Yeah, I just didn't get that, though, why Tazawa was getting so much offense. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Tazawa. I really do. Yeah, I like And it was good to actually see him do stuff. Yeah. But, like, they should have cut him off at a certain point because he just kept getting offense and offense and offense. And it was just like, you're really supposed to be making Corbin look like the freaking threat here. And now you're just making it look like Tazawa is fucking hard to beat. Like, yeah, it was crazy. And now, so right after the show, Tazawa posted a picture of his gi that he's been wrestling in, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like folded up on the bed, and it just said "thank you." Period. So now there's a lot of speculation that he's done. He's no longer going to be wrestling with the company, um, which I wouldn't have a problem with. I could see him in a Taka Takamichi Noku kind of sense where he had his fun run in wwe and he had good matches with good people but really to reclaim his legitimacy and badassness he had to go back to japan to do that i could see a very similar thing for tozawa which i wouldn't have a problem with um but i also don't think that that's a reason why you have i don't think that's a reason why you have him carry on with corbin like i think that's i think that's when you would put him in a match against say like say gargano and the two of them could have had a really good competitive match. And you go, oh, that's pretty cool. Tozawa's last match against the Gargano, really nice little technical thing. Put him in there with a Chad Gable where they can do a good match, but you're not sacrificing anyone's build. You know what I mean? Like this felt like it's sacrificing Baron Corbin's build towards it. And it was a little weird. Yeah. Unless the two of them have always wanted to wrestle. <laughs> like that's possible. <laughs> can you imagine? Corbin's like, they're like, hey, who have you always wanted to wrestle? He's like, Tozawa. You know what I mean? Or Tazawa's all like, hey, it's really my last night. And they go, oh. Hey, Corbin works pretty well with the little guys. Like, he's, like, I still remember his stuff with Kalisto. And that was oh, actually yeah. really good. So, yeah, that was great. But, yeah, he, uh, Tazawa, it, it's almost like they kind of want to, if if this is Tazawa's, like, Tazawa's done with WWE, it's almost like they wanted to show you that he was like, he's not just this goofy freaking, oh, look, he's a ninja, ha, 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 like yeah. thing. They were just like, he could do something, but it was like, again, weird that it was at the expense of the Corbin character. Yeah, that was the only thing I had a problem with. Because like you said, it was really cool to see him wrestle like that. But also when we're trying to build Corbin, there's been too many Corbin segments where the focus has been on JBL. Like JBL should be adding to, not overshadowing yes yeah and i'm sure that that's jbl's intent is to add to and not overshadow but when you're putting corbin in all these long matches with people who we've been told over and over again by their booking that they're not that good it starts to really take the shine off of corbin and you start going like oh maybe he's not as good as i thought maybe jbl's teaching isn't that good do you think there's any possibility it's leading towards a Corbin versus JBL match. 
JBL can have a retirement match against a Corbin and he can put him down. Then, uh, I don't, it'd be interesting, I guess. Like, I don't think I would hate it. JBL can still go, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand contracts. I don't either. And then Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Oh, yeah. I was seeing Judgment Day came out and did all that. The match was good. Yes. But it also felt like for no reason. It just ended up being another Judgment Day match. It's literally what every Judgment Day match has been. They get involved. Chaos breaks out. They either win or lose. Yeah. I am liking what Mysterio is doing. Dominic, I liked his whole thing with uh, him and Priest in the back. Where fucking Dominic was being... Huh? I know, dude. He was Dominic was being such a... So bad to punch him in the mouth. So bad. Like, my God. Dude, what an annoying prick Dominic was being. Just talking all that shit. And then Shelton's like, fuck. And then was it Damien walking in between them? And he's just, Dominic's just behind Damien, just like, yeah, yeah, what he said. Like, <laughs> what a fuck. What a little prick, dude. God. It was remarkable. He's so, like, oh, he's so he hateable. He's so annoying. You just want to, he has the most punchable face so much like you could just tell Shelton was like if he wasn't right here right now just dude that segment was perfect everyone in there did such an awesome job and I yeah I wanted to punch Dominic so hard (laughs) such a little prick I'm trying to think if there's anything else are you excited about anything going into uh, Survivor Series I'm kind of looking forward to the. I'm looking forward to the men's, pretty much the war games matches for the most part. Like women's one is still kind of interesting. Like I'm still kind of like, I didn't get why they, like I said, cross pollinated the, the Mia and Rhea stuff in there with the damage control stuff. It was just yeah. didn't really understand that, but like, still looking you, forward to it. Who do you think is going to be the final member of Bianca's team? I don't know. There's something about I've been locking it in. And I still think it's gonna be Becky. I think I Becky has a really back. good chance it's Becky. I do too. Like she's been my like strong number one pick because it just makes sense because she's involved with this damage control stuff. That's Plus, the only reason why. You get a moment where you have a stare down of Becky and Bailey. Like that would be coming. The only other choice I could think of is is Beth. But it's just like the only thing that she's involved with, she would be involved in is the, the Rhea stuff. But it's just like a lot of people, like I've had the whole conversation with my brother. He keeps saying that it's over with the Edge and Beth stuff. But then they started talking about it on Raw. And I was just like, so it's not over. Like it's either going to be Beth coming back or Becky coming back. My wild guess. Mm. My, my my dark horse pick is like with all the talk of Tegan Knox coming back was okay. her, but because of her past with Dakota. Yeah. But like I don't know. She just feels like she doesn't feel like she would fit in that whole situation there. Just because yeah. she's got the past with Dakota, she doesn't have anything else with everybody else. Like my strong picks are Beth or Becky. 
I guess I could see Beth because of the Rhea shit. I think so. Beth would be good. The only other one that I thought they kind of hinted at was the possibility of Carmella because Bianca had said, if you think our team looks good now, wait till you see our final member. And so the concept and those beautiful women in WWE, if you're going off of like a little on the nose, how good we look, that's possible. I'm not saying that that's the shoe in, but it wouldn't shock me. And she would be a good team member. She would put on a, uh, she'd be an awesome addition. But as far as story goes, a Becky or Beth makes, makes more sense. It all depends again see, for Becky, especially. It just depends if she's good to go here because we don't, we haven't heard anything about if she's like good. Because like I said, she was on Young Rock, she wasn't in the Sling. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Like, uh, she's still my like top pick, basically compared to Beth. But Beth, yes, to me, would not surprise me. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Uh, are you looking forward to Ronda versus Shotzi? A little bit, I guess, just to see if Shotzi can have a good showing in there at least. Yeah. I'm excited. I I, I don't know if I'd say I'm excited, but there's a lot of anticipation towards it. I want to see Shotzi do well more than anything. Uh, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Um, Again, like I haven't been the craziest on the Judgment Day stuff. Their last one, their only one-on-one match against each other was fantastic. So, wouldn't be surprised if this one is just as awesome, if not better. I, I do think that AJ and Finn specifically are really heavy storytellers. Like they're really into storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think that as much as we've had issues with some of the things that have happened along the way, I do think that uh, Gallows and Anderson also think a lot about story. I think they're having a lot of fun. I don't think they take it as seriously, but I do think they consider a lot. Uh, I think the same for Damien and Dominic. Dominic is a crazy good storyteller that we're finding out where he lacks in his ability to knock some stuff out, which by the way, I think some of the times he's a little sloppy with like the three amigos. I think he is on purpose. I think he could definitely do it better because, but they boo me when I do it bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. I could see him saying that. So, with that in mind, I think that it's going to be an awesome segment. I don't know if we're going to get a full-on bell-to-bell classic, but I think we're going to get a lot of story in it. You know what I mean? Could see it. Those are literally the only matches they have uh, officially announced as of this moment, and the show's in 10 days. The women's war games, uh, Ronda Shotzi and AJ Ballard. They haven't even officially announced that they're getting a war games of the bloodline versus anybody. We just know because it's got to, right? Not after what happened on SmackDown. It's like yeah. kind of obvious now that that's because I honestly thought the judgment day was going to be the, the war games match, but then they said it was five on five and I'm just like, well, maybe it is going to be bloodline. Yeah, me too. So we'll see. We will see, but I do think that there is a slump in excitement because we're all we're all letting the air out of the room as we start to build towards Rumble because that's when we all get excited about. Rumble is the most hardcore wrestling fan-centric pay-per-view of the year. That's why every hardcore fan says, you might not believe it, but my favorite pay-per-view is Royal Rumble. <laughs> well, yes, I do believe it because it's the one that's catered to you. And then they also say, 
that the most casual fan one is the rumble because it's so good and has so many people. And those are people with just their head up their own asses. The most casual <laughs> one is survivor series. They phone it in every year. We always, I think it's part of the plan. If I'm being cynical, I wouldn't be shocked if the idea is all like, Hey, phone it in through survivor series, but get there and put on a good show because it'll let the air out of the room. It's the Carmella effect on Becky's return. Send Carmella out there to let the air out of the room. Carmella, go out there and ham it up so much that everyone just feels like, oh, no, this is what we're getting. (laughs) Because when the music hits, the place will come unglued. There'll be a pause as the entire stadium breathes in just to scream. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I feel like that when you watch WWE long enough, that that's the impression I get for Survivor Series. They're letting the air out of the room because as they because they want you to get to rumble and need it to be good, and they're going to deliver. You know, so I think this is the toughest part of every year as a wrestling fan getting through Survivor Series, and we have to stay optimistic and say yes, but yes, but but that's our that's our role as as wrestling fans to get through Survivor Series with some semblance of excitement. Looking forward to Mania. We have to look towards Mania now because this is going to be a rough couple of weeks. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly why they start leaking video of, of Stone Cold working out right now. Because they know, look, wrestling fans need something to hold on to because we're going to give them a bunch of shit here for the next little bit. That's just crazy still. Look at Stone like Cold twerking out again. That's nuts. Yeah. This WrestleMania is going to be crazy. All the Here's talk my... about Cena possibly coming back, The Rock possibly facing Roman, Stone Cold coming back for another like wrestling match. Like, so I know at the time I said that that was the perfect retirement for Stone Cold, and it was. But do you think its bigger purpose was the perfect retirement for Vince? Yes. Going out at the hands of Stone Cold. Could be. It seems that way now. Like mm-hmm. they they played it off as like you know night one. Here's Austin having one more match finally, and it's just like he comes out after that after Pat McAfee and just yeah. has had like Vince gets his first and only win at WrestleMania. <laughs> like Pat puts him over, like puts Vince over because he loves Vince, and then all of a sudden yeah. Austin gets to finish like wrap it up gets to wrap his like whole story up with Vince by stunning him one more time. Like, yeah. And laughing at him. Couldn't, couldn't be any more perfect than that. So if we do get one more stone cold match, so it's truly his retirement match, who do you think it should be against? Cause I've seen a lot of really bad ideas out there. God, what kind of ideas have we been picking? The first one I saw that a lot of people were like, we have to do it with CM Punk. And I don't want any of that. It's that would immediate be thumbs down. That would be purely and completely isolated in trying to do something for CM Punk. CM Punk's the only one who would no. care or want it or benefit from it. So fuck that. I got no yeah, I got no room that. for that. Um Bishop says three times WB Hall of Famer Pat McAfee. We could do McAfee versus Austin. It wouldn't bother me. <laughs> I mean, we got to have McAfee come back for something big, right? 
Pat brings up the fact he's like, I am not gonna let you live down that stunner you gave me at WrestleMania. Like, yeah, we already know Logan Paul challenged Cena, so that's pretty much done deal. Logan Paul's never got a never not gotten the match he's asked for in any field. I'm saying even as a boxer, he's always gotten the fight he wanted. So he already called out <laughs> Cena, which I'm fine with. I think you could do more with Cena than Logan Paul, but I have no problem with it, especially if Cena thinks he's got more than one more in him. Um, Blue Boyd says Bad Bunny as a Stone Cold. Don't go on. I've seen a lot of people say you bring back The Rock for Stone Cold, you bring back Cena for Stone Cold, and I'm like, no. I'd rather see Stone Cold with somebody else. I just don't know who because Owens was the big one. He was the big dream match for Stone Cold, and we got it, and it was everything we wanted it to be. I could see them doing a, a second one that's that Owens gets to win, but I don't see him needing it by any means, but I could see them doing it. That's all. That's so tough. I can't really like, again, this is another one of those. I can't really pick a name like that would solidify making sense for stone cold to face other than a rival. He's already fought like, yeah, I just don't want him against a rival. Because the thing, the problem with bringing back Stone Cold to do The Rock again, if you actually were talking about that seriously, is that we literally have three of those in the books in their prime. Why revisit it when neither of you guys are in your prime? When you can still get it done, but you're not in your prime, you put over the next crew because the next crew is in their prime and they can help you get it done. We already have prime Rock and Stone Cold. I would don't want them anywhere near each other in that regard. Yeah, uh, Blue no, Boy says Sammy. Not. Sammy Zane versus Stone Cold could be fun because Sammy's an amazing storyteller. But let me <laughs> tell you, let's wrap it up on this fantasy booking, which I know Bishop loves to do. I wanted to get this out there so you heard it here first. Here's kind of my thought that we could do because people say um, Rock and Roman is, is an inevitability. And I don't disagree with that. I think that that's amazing fantasy booking. Let's do it. If you do Rock and Roman, you're doing it night two, and you're doing it for a title. And anyone who says, well, the, the, it doesn't need the title. No shit, it doesn't need it, but it makes it bigger if it has it. Brock and Roman didn't need both titles, but Roman's bigger than ever because it had it. Not that it couldn't be big without it, but it can be bigger. And I'm all about bigger. So put the Rock and Roman in there for the title. Make it for make make Triple H come out and say, "Hey, we've been trying to do a lot here, and I feel like you're really hindering a lot of these guys' uh, options here. You need to put up both titles on both nights. We'll do one title one night, one title the next night. Night one, you're putting up the world title. Roman Reigns for the first person ever to main event two WrestleManias night after night. Night two. He's going to put up the universal title that will be against the rock because the rock comes in and says, Hey, you jabroni. I'm here to eat your pie from your table and be the chief <laughs> of the table. I'm here to eat your pie. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the easiest way to book that. You say you're the tribal chief, you're the head of the table, but you have all this fighting at your table. How can you be the head of a table that's got nothing but conflict on the inside of it and still show some semblance of pride? You brought in Sami Zayn over here just to upset your cousins, not to unify anybody. I'm going to teach you how to be the real head of the table. Boom, done. Wow. 
fast forward over to, to Royal Rumble, Final Four, Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Jey Uso. Sammy and Jay look at each other and Sammy smiles and says, let's take them out. Kevin Owens looks at Sammy and says, what is wrong with you? He hates you. And when he's yelling at Kevin Owens, Jay chucks Sammy Zayn right out and says, and stay out while he's yelling at Sammy KO flips Jay over right behind him comes Cody Rhodes, knocks him out. You get Cody for the title over there. However, you could also do it where Sammy Zayn wins the rumble and the rock costs Roman the match night one comes out and rock bottoms Roman Sammy becomes the winner he's confused he's excited the crowd's going nuts and they got to deal with this on Monday you know what I mean <laughs> and then you can even have Roman beat the rock and say look I put you out you know then you have Roman look at Sammy hey just give me my title back man and Sammy's like look I really want to <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is no. so I got two different outcomes for the Royal Rumble Cody or Sammy I think those are the only two ways you go about it sounds and either way either way they, they walk out with the championship Roman loses night one and loses a title because now you have a shake in Roman on night two well he lost last night with interference but he lost what, that, what does that have to do for his confidence level going into this He's shaking. He hasn't felt a loss in years. And he just took a loss, not only by the hands of his cousin, The Rock, but to the member of the bloodline, Sami Zayn, to boot. Like, what's that doing for him? And Sami doesn't come out with the bloodline. You know what I mean? I'm just saying you could do it. You could get that moment. That sounds pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> would have me pretty hooked. Right? And I also just love Sammy, and I think he needs a couple of title runs. But he also doesn't. For God's sake, come on! Yeah, but he also doesn't. Realistically, he's so good. He's a he's a Roddy Piper. He will yeah. always be main event level important moving forward. Still, though, it'd be nice to just see him have it once because a run with oh, Sammy yeah. as world champion would be absolutely wonderful. Hysterical, be so good. And then he could lose it to Solo or something. No. Um, Plus, he deserves it for doing all this all, all like amazing work he's been doing. So, Yeah, everything he's been doing has been incredible. Well, those are my thoughts. Anything else you want to put out there into the world? I got nothing. Like, just ready for a Survivor yeah. Series at this point. You just got to plug your nose and fuck it, dude. You just got to get through it. Plug your nose and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to get through it, get to Survivor Series. It's going to be fine. I guarantee you in the next 10 days, there will be a dog shit SmackDown and a dog shit Raw. It's just the <laughs> fact of it. Survivor Series is going to be better than expected because going into it, we're going to have no wind in our sails. But everything after Survivor Series, I'm telling you, is taking us right to WrestleMania, and it's going to be a slow boil, but it's going to boil over. It's going to be sick. That's my that's I my Mania season is going to be fucking nuts. It's going to be so good, dude. So good. Who do you think Goldberg should fight? Oh God, I think Goldberg should fight CM Punk and win in ten seconds. Oh, I hope he does. Yeah. Just because fuck. 
Just because fuck Punk. Probably the only time I've rooted for Goldberg in a long-ass time. But when it comes to CM Punk, if he's going to go in there and squash CM Punk, you're damn right I'm rooting for Goldberg. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to buy the fucking WrestleMania Goldberg shirt. I'm going to do the whole thing. I'm going to get the action figure that has CM Punk's blood on his hands. Some crushed ice cream cone. It's going to be Yes, yes. All right, man. Thanks for coming through and hanging out with me. Today was a bit of a weird day scheduling wise, and I appreciate you being able to make it happen and make it work. Uh, so I appreciate you being one of our, our drinking buddies, man. Now uh, you want to tell people where they can find you and more of your um, takes as they were partially, sometimes terrible, sorry, partially, sometimes decent. <laughs> <laughs> find me on Twitter at just the time two one one. In Time Wrestling Podcast, yes, we are kind of on a hiatus because got a lot of stuff going on out in the real world right now. <laughs> and again, kind of just has kind of just dropped my motivation to really do a lot of stuff. But kind of to spoil it here, we're going to be doing a our new classic pay-per-view review coming out. So we'll probably have that out on Sunday. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Until then, thank you for having me back on again because always love doing your show when I can. So it's always a good time, man. We appreciate you coming through. We appreciate Curable from Curable.com, K-U-R-I-B-L.com. Use promo code MADTHANKS or promo code PWS. Get 20% off any of your orders for CBD, Delta 8, Delta 9 to uh, the states that allow that to be shipped to them. The information is on those products, so you don't have to um, – dig around to find out if you can order that stuff or not but they do have cbd there for all your aches and pains they have different ways of getting it gummies chocolates salves creams roll-ons teas they have horse feed dog treats so if you got pets who have a little bit of extra energy or a little bit of anxiety uh, or even chronic pain a lot of pets have chronic pain now uh, as they get older the cbd treats helps them through that feel a lot more comfortable and feel a lot less anxious so uh, just something to keep an eye out on uh, and something to check out. Curable.com, K-U-R-I-B-L.com, promo code MADTHANKS or P-W-S for that 20% off. Guys, we will be back right here in the dive bar of the IWC tomorrow night for a brand new episode one. That's the last call. Thank you for being our drinking buddies. Cheers. Producer Lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink with wrestling on.